Hi, I'm Rory. And I'm Aaron. We're siblings. But we're pretty dang different. For example, I'm a bashful on the Snow White Enneagram. And I'm a dopey. I don't think beans belong in chili. And I'm all about that team chili bean life. I believe in Bigfoot. I believe in big feet. I'm white. I'm black. But we do have one thing in common. Yep, I'm trying to like it. Me too, I'm trying to like it. I'm trying to like it. The podcast where two siblings, myself and Aaron, discuss all things pop culture or pop culture adjacent. We might disagree once in a while, but you can rest assured that we're both trying to like it. Hey, Rory. How's it going? It's going well, Aaron. How are you? I'm doing all right. Do we have a special guest that you'd like to introduce? We do. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together and give me that fat drum roll beat for brother number four, John Carmichael. Hey guys, it's it's John. (laughs) Hello, John. Welcome. (laughs) Didn't mean to throw you off there. Aaron and I had a discussion earlier about about our voices being very similar, so I wanted to differentiate a little bit. That is true. You guys do sound very much alike, so it's really going to throw people off Let's practice on this podcast. That. Let's practice that again, okay? So I'll introduce myself with my normal voice. Hi, I'm okay. Aaron. Now, John? Hi, I'm John. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know what to do here. I think um, that I think that threw him off just a little bit. Okay. Oh, no, you. I think you can just talk normal for a little, for not a little okay. bit, John. We'll you try. can just talk normal. So John we'll is joining actually, us. Actually, both of you actually both of you say the same sentence like "Hi, hi, I'm," and then your name, and we'll see if there's it's similar or not. What What are we doing? You're okay. both gonna say so count, "Hi, I'm," and then your name. I'm gonna count you down from three, and I'm gonna see how similar it is. Okay. Okay. All right. Three, two, one. Hi. Hi, I'm Aaron. <laughs> I'm John. So delayed. All right, okay. I, it's I whatever. respect our audience enough to believe they can differentiate yes. between our voices. Yes, I I agree. They're not they're not dumb. They're pretty intelligent people. My hat to off to you, sirs and madams. <laughs> All right, <laughs> sirs and madams. So right. we have invited John to be with us uh, this episode because we're going to be discussing. Uh, a film that we all were incredibly excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, the film is Dune. Dune. My planet Arrakis is so beautiful when the sun is low. Rolling over the sands, you can see spice in the air. The outsiders ravage our lands in front of our eyes. Their cruelty to my people is all I've known. And we're going to get to that discussion in just a moment. But because we are approaching Halloween coming up this weekend, we wanted to play a little little, uh, Halloween kind of game. Uh, Halloween's all about candy, right? So um, we thought we'd play... Depends on who you ask. Well, I mean, I... Yeah. Some people think Halloween's about, like, the decorations. Kids okay. think Those it's costumes. about the candy. 
costumes. Some people think it's about the costumes. costumes. Couples costumes. Some people think it's about the devil. So there's that. Anyway. But we're going to talk about candy. Aaron, what game do you have for us today? <laughs> well, we're going to imagine, if you will, a massive pile of candy that includes every kind of candy on the face of the earth. Okay. And um, But the catch is that there's only one piece of each kind of candy in that pile. And each of us are going to be able to grab three pieces of candy from that pile. But uh, we have to take turns and be polite. Okay, and... so we're doing a fantasy candy draft. Kind of. But we okay. just did the Hollywood draft, so I didn't want to call it that. It's a Halloween candy mm, thing. Pile of, yeah. Trunk or treat. So um, so he, the, once we choose a piece of candy off of that pile, it's gone and no one else can have it. So okay. since you are the uh, lone female on this mm-hmm. podcast, I thought it'd be good for us to be polite and let you go first. Maybe we'll just go by age. So maybe you get I... first pick. John gets second, I get third, and fourth because it's snake. It's a snake draft. That's yeah. true. Right. That's true. So okay. snake. All yeah. right. Okay. <clears throat> so all the candy in the world, you and I'm going first. Okay. Yep. So I am not a chocolate lover. I do not like nice. chocolate. So hopefully you guys may predominantly pick the chocolate aspect. But the mm. first candy that I am going to go for, I'm going to take it off the board oh. very, very fast. Super quick, lightning speed is going to be Sour Patch Kids. Ah, oh, man. I, I knew it. that was going to get him. I knew I had to yeah. take it very, very fast. That's one of my favorites, too. It was yep. not going to so be my Sour first Sour Patch pick, Kids is my but, number one. But I'm sad it's gone. Uh, do you know what? I don't think this is going to be one that any of you guys maybe would choose. How, how many rounds are we going? Three. 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 Okay. Um, so my number one go-to candy... Um, especially in the chocolate category is, is always going to be Twix, just the traditional Twix. So I'm going to draft trip Twix as my first pick overall. I would have picked you as a Reese's peanut butter cup, actually Twix. I always go for the Twix first. Okay. Wow. You guys are making this easy on me. Cause <laughs> I mean, I love sour patch kids, but I would not, that would not be my first pick off the pile. I'm definitely going for something chocolatey. Um, so far, it's to my advantage. So the good. most, so the the most solid pick. If I just want to go for like solid everyday, go to kind of candy bar, mm-hmm. I think I have to go with Snickers. Mm. Okay. I'm that's... I'm now that's not my favorite candy bar, but I'm trusting. Oh, reliable. Well, no, I get two in a row. I get two picks. So I can grab my second favorite candy bar right now. Well, actually, okay, so Snickers is my, Snickers is not my first favorite. My favorite candy bar is. Okay, which one is your first pick? Let me (laughs) click. You've said like 17 words and I have no idea what we're doing anymore. I think it's official Snickers. Yeah, yeah, Snickers. It has to be official. It has to be official because once you say it, it's done. It's done. Sealed. In, in I guess blood. we could throw a challenge on the play, but yeah. for this so, one, I mean, you're back to back. So, so for the fine. third pick, I take Snickers. For the fourth pick, because I get the fourth pick as well, <laughs> I'm taking uh, Reese's Take Five. Oh, I knew it too. Okay. I knew that. There's going to be my next pick. But, uh, <laughs> How did you know It that? has everything. Pretzels, peanut butter, it's amazing. <laughs> it's perfect. It's the perfect candy bar. It take is. five, Aaron. But take five. Since it's my pick now, my second pick. Yeah. Um, yep. That is an amazing pick. The Reese's take five. 
uh, and it is red. It's available almost everywhere now, which you know used to be kind of hard to find. Um, I'm gonna pick one that's very difficult to find. I don't even know if it exists anymore. Um, but when I find it and I see it, I buy it, and it's Reese's Nut Rageous. I believe that's the oh right after the Take Five. Actually, it might you know sometimes I'm in the mood for an outrageous above a Take Five, but it has the perfect balance of of pieces of of peanut, pieces of like that Butterfinger type stuff. It's not Butterfinger, but you know what I mean that that crunchy, (laughs) crunchy goodness and peanut butter. Um, It has the best name, Outrageous. Outrageous, yes. It sounds like you're uh, both. I don't know, like you're outraged, you know. Like that's yeah. outrageous, yeah. Um, but also <laughs> delicious at the same time. So, okay. okay so then, Roy, you get two picks in a row now. So okay. The... So, my sixth pick. Uh, sixth yes. and seventh. Yes. Yep, okay. So my sixth. So my first pick was obviously Sour Patch Kids. My sixth pick. <clears throat> gosh. Is going to be, and people want to people want to question me all the time about this, and I will fight every single person with my words, not my fists. I'm not violent, but I will fight you to the death with my words because there is no chocolate in my sixth pick, and that is Reese's Pieces, not Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, Reese's Pieces. There is no chocolate. And the candy shell, not a single trace. And people will say to me, that has chocolate in it. In it. Fight me. It doesn't. Google it. So my sixth <laughs> pick is Reese's Pieces. That's a strong pick. You have, it's a yeah. strong pick. You have two of your favorite, two of, sorry, you have two of my favorites and two of your favorites <laughs> um, on your team already. Yes. And- so first, Sour Patch Kids. Sixth. Reese's Pieces, okay? Um, I do a I do a double. So my seventh pick is going to be Don't say it. <laughs> what? What did you think I was gonna say, Juan? I'm not gonna say it because I'm gonna pick it next. <laughs> he doesn't want you to he doesn't okay. want to tip you off to what he wants to choose. My seventh pick is obviously going to be the original, the OG Skittles. Oh, okay. Oh, so you can have that. You can have them. Okay. Bite your tongues. <laughs> when they got rid of lime, I was done with them. They're just trash. I now, said so. OG. I said OG. OG. So something you can't get yeah. anymore. So yeah. you said all. You said every single type of candy. That's Not true. from it, all time. I mean, existing yeah, no, currently. I watch on TikToks. I follow a British TikToker who in England, they have lime flavored oh, Skittles. Okay. So well, fight and, me on this. Okay. To be fair, I did say Nutrageous. I honestly don't know if Nutrageous exists any longer because they've had so many replacement type candy bars. Yeah. Like Reese's has so many take weird, five strange. I took over Nutrageous, honestly. Yeah. We'll have our intern look into it and see if. <laughs> intern. Intern. Reese's, the, the, the. Most waste of time of a candy bar, especially with the the name Reese's, is the Reese's Fast Break, the worst candy bar ever with the title prefix Reese's. So, in my opinion, it's part of the Reese's universe. It's part part of the Reese's universe, and it's it's such a waste of calories. Yeah, it's It's kind of like the if you had to choose a Marvel character that that it aligns with, like from the MCU. 
Who is Captain it? America? Uh, what? I'm out. I want to say Captain America. I would here. say I would say uh, Doctor Strange. No, I would say who's the guy? The 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 brother to Wanda. Loki. No, oh, the brother uh, that died. P- P- Pietra. Pete. Yeah, I just can't remember his name. He's Pietra he's not the like Silver that? Surfer. He's the Silver something. Flash. <laughs> I, all my nerd name. friends, I'm gonna really disappoint. But the you know yeah. yeah. But that's uh, he's the fast something break. silver. He's the yeah. He's the Reese's fast break. He's fast the, break. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. honestly, if he died, I would not. Or not he. If it died, I wouldn't uh, care. Like it, I wouldn't notice. Nobody would notice. Uh, he did. He did die. Yeah, but I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like a fast break. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. Died. It doesn't matter. Nobody would care. Nobody would remember the name yeah. of the fast break. Oh my. god. Okay. All right, John. So is it John's you're pick up. again? It's your yeah. My pick, I, okay. and so uh, this is this is what I thought Roy was going to pick, and I'm glad she didn't. My uh, third pick is going to be what used to be called shock tarts. Now it's called sour sprees. I'm going to go outside mm. of the chocolate category because I've had enough chocolate. I want a little tart. I want a little little uh, shock um, to my system, and so I'm going to pick sour sprees. <laughs> Shaka Khan, you do know that shock tart they were cha- that was changed to shockers, right? Well, I don't think shockers, Sour shockers are not even, the same as shocker. I don't think shockers exist anymore. I mean, like, aren't they all just sour sprees now? Uh, no, because you have sprees and then the sweet tarts. Well, with sweet tarts, they have their own chewy sweet tarts that aren't related. Quicksilver. Insert, have your intern is. look into it. It's okay. I'm pretty intern, certain that our intern, just, our intern just got got back to us. It's Quicksilver. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's Quicksilver. Quicksilver. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so okay. I have the the final pick, right? You have the final pick. Bring it home, Aaron. Well, I, John was like reading my mind. I've you know I've got two great candy bars on my team. <laughs> So I need something very different, something that can kind of like cut through all of that um, rich, chocolatey, and peanut buttery goodness. So I'm going with a true classic. I'm talking like our grandparents ate these lemon heads. Oh, like the okay. old school. Larger ones the with the powdery school, outside, not the chewy. Yeah, with the powdery, like you. The yeah. ones that. Really became popular again from the movie in America. Remember whenever you got me a pack of those lemon heads? Oh. Yeah. Well, I've loved them since lemon I was drops. a kid. Actually, I I, pre- I think you're thinking of lemon drops. Those are the good ones with the powder. No, well, lemon heads. I'm very sure I'm thinking of lemon heads, Rory. <laughs> but the, they didn't ever come with powder, Aaron. So no, they don't have powder. It's it. Oh. I think what John's talking about is the outer coating. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Is kind of a I was thinking crumbly, no, he was lemon thinking flavored. Like thing. I was incorrect. I misunderstood. Yeah, I was thinking lemon okay. drops, which the powder. No, coating. I'm, I'm, no, no, I'm very much on the I'm I'm lemon heads with the they're bright yellow, and then yeah. you can bite yeah. through the bright yellow part, and then they have like this the hard, the hard just sugar flavored center. That's not there's no lemon flavor in the center. The all the lemon <laughs> flavor. All the lemon flavors in the yellow. It was yeah, uh, yeah. It was a it yeah. was an all star in the uh, 1990, 1990s ten cent candy section at the grocery store. No, that's where I fell in love, right? Because yeah. yeah. I think mom and dad would give us dimes that we could use to buy those 
lemon heads and yeah. you could buy the little box and it was the it was the best deal for 10 cents because you could get like i don't know how many in there but quite yeah. a few and they share something in common with another favorite sour candy of mine uh sour patch kids which is if you eat them first they're sour then they're sweet well that's yes but i was gonna say if you eat them for more than like 10 minutes, which you will, you will eat them more than 10 minutes in a row. Then you will damage your, your yeah. mouth. You will, no, very your true. tongue, your, your, yeah, your wall, your cheek walls, uh, blister. Your, I <laughs> hate <laughs> everything that was just said. I, <laughs> your cheek walls will suffer, suffer I, great consequence. Okay. I really don't like. <laughs> okay. Dude. So Rory, okay. what was your final, so, what was your final, your, your, your final team? My final list, team? my final team in all the candy in the world. Number one is Sour Patch Kids. Number two was Reese's Pieces. And number three, the trifecta, the triple hat, the coming in clutch was Oh my gosh. Skittles. OG Skittles. Skittles. There were so many. I was remembering all of your guys' candy, and then the term cheek walls kept fluttering through my head. And so (laughs) (laughs) I forgot what I was saying. Anyways, so that those are my three. John, what were what was your three? (laughs) My three, uh, my number one was Twix. Hey, can I do I have a second? Can I explain why I believe I felt like you guys just dismissed my first pick uh, as a really. Well, a, I like I like a Twix, so, but it's not. Yeah. So here's yeah. go ahead. Here's go ahead. my thing. Okay, you so you, you have two sticks, right? Two candy bars oh, inside this no, wrapper. They work. But yes. let me let me let me uh, but let me go a step further. On top of you have a cookie that has a layer of really tasty caramel on top, and then it's dipped mm-hmm. in in milk chocolate. I, this is my tradition, and I encourage everybody to try this. You put them in the freezer? No, I don't put them in the freezer. I take them out, and oh. I, I like a piece of corn. I hold the Twix <laughs> horizontally, and I chew the layer of caramel off, and I enjoy that and savor it, and then I eat the stick. And then I continue to do that with the – I proceed to do that with the second stick. I get four, four different experiences. With this, with this candy bar, four four. Do treats. you venture? Do you venture outside of classic Twix? I mean, don't they have like some I, other flavors? I've tried, but it's always yeah. They have like uh, cookies and cream. They've had uh, salted caramel, which is nasty. Um, they have peanut butter, which isn't too bad. But I'm a traditionalist with the Twix. The the Twix traditional with caramel is by far the best, hands down. So can great I, with a cup of ask... Earl Grey tea. Oh, man, we just got, oh we just got fancy. He's just got super We just got fancy up do in you, here. Do you put your pinky up too after you <laughs> no, but I corn do, cob, but I chew do, it up, and then take your drink? But I do attempt my best impersonation of Patrick Stewart. So <laughs> I was okay. going to ask if it does anything to, anything to your cheek walls. Is there oh, any? gosh. No, and that's the beautiful thing about <laughs> Twix. It, it – uh, there's no damage full, to the full cheek walls. enjoyment without yeah without um the blistering of the your cheek walls. walls are intact cheek walls are intact <laughs> okay john what was your second and third pick oh second and third pick that's right i'll just go through these quickly <laughs> i had nut reese's nutrageous and yeah. uh shock shocker shock tarts 
slash Sour Sprees. Sour Sprees. Okay. Positive my picks list. were Aaron. My picks were Snickers. Okay. And then Reese's Take Five. And then Lemonheads. I would like to hone in for a second. Your guys' first and second picks are so similar. Especially your second. But your first picks, you got Twix and Snickers, chocolate, caramel, and then he the that's Twix an, has the cookie, and then the Snickers has the peanuts. That's an outsider's perspective. Peanuts and the nugget. You, yeah, a, yeah, it's, yeah, you don't understand. Um, there's So here's the thing. Snickers, while they have peanuts in them, there's nothing well, peanut a, buttery about Snickers. That. There's nothing peanut buttery. No, I was matching your number one with John's number one. Switch oh, yes, those are similar. And then your number two with John's number two. Yeah. Now, for everything you've been waiting for, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to just dive right in. Actually, I have a segue really quick. Like, I mean, super, super quick. How do you both feel about what happened with Alec Baldwin on the mm. on the movie set of Rust and the prop gun going off? Because I've you're heard a lot gonna, of people. You're just going to drop this. You're going <laughs> to yeah. drop this in between uh-huh, uh-huh, candy yep. draft and discussion about Dune. Uh, yep. What yep. do you think about the death of uh, of uh, someone down in uh... on on the set of Rust? Because <laughs> I have a lot of people that are saying that it is his fault, and I have people that are saying that it's not his fault. So I'd like to see what you well, do. I'm going to give you I've... 20 seconds. Okay. I John and I have actually talked about this earlier this week. Okay. Perfect. Um, I don't think there's any way to blame Alec Baldwin. I know a lot of people don't like Alec Baldwin. That's fine. They can have their opinions about him as a person. But um, until, you know, obviously there's going to be a police investigation. But until, you know, he's innocent until proven guilty of any kind of crime. um, I don't think he has any responsibility for a gun that was probably handed to him just seconds before. And handed to him by a professional whose job it is to make sure that all that stuff is safe. So... I okay. don't put the blame on him at the moment. Just, you know, could we could find out more information that makes us think, okay, maybe there was something fishy going on here. Highly doubt it. I think it was just a terrible, terrible accident. That's my take. Okay. John, do you agree with what he said since you guys I, talked about it? I agree with it mostly. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I agree with all of it. Like, I don't, there's nothing that, I mean, my thing is, um, I think he even explained himself. He said he can't say that he's 100% innocent because you don't know. There's not been an investigation fully yet. But I think with Alec Baldwin, it's either he's kind of that type of – he's a very polarizing um, figure in Hollywood, and you either love him or you absolutely hate him. Mostly you hate him because of his political views if, or you love him because of, he's just hilarious um, and you don't care about the political views as much because he's an entertainer. Um, but uh, I think he's getting a lot of uh, – yeah, it's horrible that that he was involved in this, but I think he's getting kind of an unfair shake a little bit because of his uh, political views, his his views on gun control, and his views on our former president. Um, I've just seen a lot of abuse on on Facebook and different social social media platforms, uh, just just saying he got what he deserved and all that kind of stuff, and uh, that him just not checking the gun himself is is fault enough that he should do some jail time. I, I don't know about all that. I think the investigation needs to go through. Um, I, but I agree with Aaron that there should have been enough safety nets and protection before he even had that gun. Um, yeah. 
to to keep that 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 horrible tragedy from happening. So. Yeah, okay. and we don't we don't also know yet if it was if there was like a live round in the gun. Uh, maybe there was. If that's the case, like I don't know that a untrained professional, like an actor, you know, <clears throat> who's not not a gun specialist, would know the difference between what a yeah live round looks like versus a a blank. Mm-hmm. I don't think I I don't think I would. You know, um, and so. I I think there's it's a terrible terrible tragic thing. Uh, the lady who who passed away, you know, she was like that's that's really what the conversation should be about the the tragedy of that kind yeah. of an accident happening. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's. I can't imagine that it's uh, Baldwin's fault unless there's something fishy going on and. Not, I don't think there's any reason to believe that 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 there was something fishy going on. You know, like it was somehow intentional. I don't think there's any any evidence of that. So, okay, yeah. All right, I just wanted to pick your brains about that because it's something that I've been thinking about. Okay, now okay. I'm gonna just uh, as quick as I said it, I'm taking it away. We are now going to be talking about Dune. It is a reboot of the 1982, 84, 84. I. Is it 84? The year was it 84? I was, um, of my birth. Or, okay, so 1984 <laughs> of the original Dune. Um, this one is directed by Dennis, I cannot pronounce his last name. Villeneuve. Villeneuve. I was Villeneuve, about to say yeah. Villeneuve. Um, Villeneuve. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Phonetics. Yes. Um, Villeneuve. <laughs> Villeneuve. Um, and he also directed quite a few other ones. He did Blade Runner 2049, Arrival, Prisoners, and then this Dune one. So it is about Paul Atreides, a brilliant and gifted... I'm looking at Google, guys. A brilliant and gifted young man born into a great destiny beyond his understanding must travel to the most dangerous planet in the universe to ensure the future of his family and his people. As malvolent forces explode into conflict over the planet's exclusive supply of the most precious resource in existence, only those who can conquer their own fear will survive. We are House Atreides. There is no call we do not answer. There is no faith that we betray. Smile, Gurney. I am smiling. The Emperor asks us to bring peace to Arrakis. House Atreides accepts! I know you. There's only a way in my mind. You need to face your fears. They're searching for spice. The cinematography was by Greg Frazier, music by Hans Zimmer, and then obviously it was adapted from the 1984 Dune. It has well, it's it's actually adapted from it's the there was well, a novel. Yes, the book from the 1960s. There's actually yeah, yeah, three books, Mid-60s. right? So three this or... is not not necessarily adapted from the film. It's not a necessarily. It's a reboot. reboot. Well, it's not not really a reboot it's a is it not no because i don't think that uh villeneuve was like trying to remake the film version i think he uh, went to the original source the novel and okay. was trying so to he do just something. redid it yeah yeah so he's okay. i mean this is a this is a his version or his take uh on dune um okay. 
So, yeah, I don't know that it's, I don't know that, now there might be, and I have seen the 1984 Dune, um, I don't know that I ever have seen it in full from start to finish. I've yeah, seen bits and pieces of it here and there. I was just thinking um, the exact same thing. I've I've tried to watch it three or four times. So yeah, yes. yeah, and, and I've never read the books. I want to read the books, but I've never read the books. Yeah, yeah. So that means I I'm the same way. I haven't read the books. I've um, I'm very familiar. I remember seeing the cover of the book as a kid in the library and feeling like it was. I think the sandworms were on the cover and you know remembering that it was seemed intriguing but very kind of like adult somehow yeah. and i don't mm-hmm. know um why but that was my impression of it and so i don't bring a lot of background or you know like i didn't have much of an impression of what to expect from dune yeah um, the main reason i was excited about this film to be honest was because of the director and you mentioned it briefly but so i'm just going to read off his film since 2013 and i'm i'm reading all of them so that it's prisoners okay. and enemy came out in 2013 so two films i don't know if either of you have seen those but they're both i've seen prisoners great. yeah they're both great then in 2015 he had sicario which was fantastic one of my favorite oh, no, films no, from yeah. that year 2016 arrival one of my favorite yeah, films yeah. from that year 2017, Blade Runner 2049, my favorite film probably from that year. I can't re- think of anything else that came out that year that I liked more. And now Dune. So I don't know that there's another director. I hate that this guy's a Canadian. I wish <laughs> I wish he was from the U.S. No, I'm just joking. I really, I really wish he was. No, he he's so he's from he's from Canada. But okay. I just don't know that there's another director out there who has, you know, a record going into this film, right? Because yeah. we're going to talk about it, but who has so much promise. I mean, these are um, these are every film he's put out since 2013 up till Dune, right? Because we'll talk about that, but has just been so amazing. Uh, some of my favorites. I mean, each year he's released Has he films won and- any awards for these movies? Um, now Blade Runner, I was very disappointed. It won, I think, for I don't. It was a, one of the technical awards. Oh, okay. Um, Arrival was up for Best Picture, I believe. Okay. And Sicario, I think, was also up for Best Picture, possibly. Okay. Um, and I don't know. Maybe Blade Runner was. Too. I don't. I I don't know. I know that in the years that these were released, these they were all you know widely praised, uh, embraced by. Uh, critics and you know audiences and so um yeah so i i I just was incredibly excited about what he has made in the past and then really high expectations for dune based on what i've seen of his before and then also the trailers which look spectacular visually just uh, oh my gosh The, the the visuals for this movie are just they blew me away and i wish and I may even still, I want to go to the movie theater and yeah. see this because I watched it and I think all of us watched it on HBO so Max whenever it came that's, out. That's probably a good place to start. So for, for the two of you. So I, I watched it on HBO Max. 
Did you, both of you as well? Yeah, yes. Correct. I watched it on HBO Max. So, is it worth, after watching it, would you pay to see it again on a big screen? Oh, 100%. I would, yeah. Yeah, I, would I sure. mean, the actors and actresses in it, we have Timothee Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Zendaya, which is only in it briefly, but still big name. We have Oscar Isaac, Jason Momoa, heartthrob, Stellan Skarsgård, um, Josh Brolin, Javier Bardem, Dave Bautista, Stephen McKinley Henderson. Um, just a lot of phenomenal, like well-known actors and actresses. And Jason Momoa was the number one that got me. I love him. And then Rebecca Ferguson, any movie that I've seen her in, she's done amazing. And then Timothee Chalamet, I love, I have a new love for him. But yes, without, hands down, I would pay two, three, four, seventeen times to see this movie. And I don't care so, how many Rebecca Ferguson movies I see, it's never enough. <laughs> it's never enough. <laughs> never, never. Um, yes. So, yeah, so how how did you guys feel about the... Let, so going into this, I did not know it was Dune Part 1. I didn't either. I was actually kind of disappointed when it ended. And, like, it's a it's an over two hour. I think it's like two and a half or it's about more. two and a half. Yep. Yeah, and it literally... I will say at the start of it, I was... It, it kind of jumped all over the place. Like, I really didn't understand what was happening for a solid few minutes. Um, and then <laughs> so I had to kind of stop, rewind it, and just start over. But for it being over two hour, two and a half hour, I think it's like two hours and 30 some minutes, um, it went by super, super fast. And when it was over, I literally, like, threw the remote down and was like, well, crap, it's like i have to wait for part two two years as yeah well, according october to 2023 that, yeah. yeah yeah um so yeah so i would say so i had no idea i had no idea that it was yeah, doing part either. one right and because i'm not really you know well versed in this kind of universe and there's there's you know the original dune novel and then several sequels that came after so there's a lot of story to tell and I didn't know, you know, I, before this, I would have assumed that maybe the first book would fit into the first film and then they'd release, you know, sequels that would tell stories from the other ser books in the series. But yeah, so this is just part one mm -hmm. and, um, it definitely, so th that, <laughs> that kind of like influenced how I experienced the film because it's a lot of kind of world building and character building. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is. Um, and there's not, it's not to say, and this is not a criticism. I'm, I was on board for this. I love it, you know, and I'll be, you know, I'll, I'll be incredibly excited for the sequel uh, for Dune 2 in 2023. Right. But the, the, there isn't, it's not to say there's no, there's not a lot of plot. It's just that there's, it all feels like a lot of setup and yes. then you, and then it ends and you're kind of yeah. like wait <laughs> you know like wait what no like we i'm just not ready got for to it the to point end. yeah where exactly. it's kind of taking it's taking off where we had all of the backstory but now it's at the point where they get to point b and there it's right. starting to take off more and then it's like well 
yeah. The story yeah. arc is very flat until I mean, not I don't mean this in a negative way either, but it's it's just a very flat arc until close to the very end. Um, yeah, right. and then it right. then it doesn't then it starts to go up, but then it doesn't it doesn't complete. You know, it like just stops right there. So there's um, no yeah, there's no uh, there's no conclusion. Yeah. really. I think it it ends with a setup for what is to come. Yeah. Yeah, and... I mean, her line, Zendaya's line is, or it's like, it's like, this isn't even it, or this isn't the end, or something like that. It's right, just begun. Right. It's like, it's just begun. Yeah. And so it does, it leaves you on this cliffhanger of, what's just begun? Right. So, like, I, yeah, what's... so, well, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so what did, what did it kind of remind me of, and I have, no, I have nothing against this, but if, for a film, for the big screen, it's, it's definitely unique and, and different. Um, but what I felt like this, uh, this first installment of the film felt like I'm being really redundant. What I feel like it felt like, um, <laughs> and here are my feelings. Um, <laughs> but I, I think of like a Netflix series or an HBO series, um, <coughs> that the first episode is like a two hour long episode. And then you have another episode, another episode, and it's like, mm. an eight, it's like an eight episode series. Um, and so I felt like that, but we don't get the satisfaction of being able to watch the next episode right away. So they have they're right, they're yeah. setting it up as if they have a lot of time to to build up this world and these characters and right. get really invested in the universe um, and all the different factions and all the different um, uh, races and all that and other uh, relationship dynamics. Um, but then, but then we have to wait two years. Um, yeah. Right. And so <laughs> yeah. I, I was actually reminded a lot of uh, another HBO Max series, um, but Raised by Wolves, like just kind of getting a, yeah. a feeling. Oh, I love that. The, the first episode that is, show. the first two, two three episodes are, are, are quite slow and you just learn to, you just get to know these main characters um, in, in a very deep way. And, but you get the satisfaction of finishing out that series and, and the action picks up mm -hmm. and the, the storyline develops and, um, the arc goes throughout the series, which this one is like it's a series, but you don't get the satisfaction of turning on your TV the next day, you know? Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. There, I was reminded often of raised by wolves, not because they're not, there's, there's very big differences between them, but they are, they touch on some similar themes. Mm -hmm. um, well, and what, you know, there are some similarities visually as well, I guess, but you, because both take on, place in these sort of deserted worlds. Um, and there are, there, there are things that live below the ground. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's an element in both. But the thing that made me think most of this was the, the sort of religious themes. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Matters of faith, matters of belief in something to come. Um, you, you know, in Dune, we have this very clear sort of messianic sort of theme that runs through it. And um, there's a little bit of that in <laughs> Raised by Wolves as well. Uh, visually, they're both kind of stunning series. Mm -hmm. And so I, this is like right up my alley, like sci-fi that takes on like truly you know, mega themes, uh, some, you know, the big questions, um, yeah. about life and purpose and, um, whether there's a creator beyond, you know, what we see in the universe. And so there was, there's a lot of that. The other thing that I really love about both raised by wolves and Dune is that they, 
there are elements that harken back to a, a humanity's to humanity's past, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the character uh, that um, Jason Momoa plays, uh, his name is Duncan Idaho, right? So yeah. you, we're in this universe in which people have these names that are fantastic and hard to pronounce and they sound like alien you know alien languages that are used to you know all these names and then you have someone um named duncan idaho you know (laughs) and that's like just little a clue dropped about like okay these people that you see this is not the star wars fantasy universe this is humanity far 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 into the future you know and um, it's barely even connected to what we know of humanity today, but there there are these little clues that there was a time before, you know. And so I I love that kind of mythology building and that universe building in in both of those. But Dune does it so well, it and does. it made me excited because I'm like I want to live with I want to live in this universe for the next twenty years, you know. Like I want these films to keep coming and. Mm-hmm. I'll wait two years if I have to. Yeah, uh, for each new install, new installment. <laughs> I don't know that uh, Villeneuve will stick with it that long, you know. And we might have other. Here's another thing I was kind of uh, I was kind of amazed by. Um, is the number of stars, and I don't want to say much about the fate mm-hmm. of a lot of these main characters that are introduced. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot of stars in this first. Um, installment of mm-hmm. Dune, right? Yeah. And on one hand, that is that's a strength, right? That that having those kind of names on a project can kind of keep it moving forward. Um, on the other hand, I wondered, like, did we need all these stars? You know, sometimes I like to like sink into a film that takes me into a different place yeah. and not have a lot of recognizable faces. Um. What did you guys what did you guys think and who do you think stood out as like some of the best performances? So um I I definitely think a great choice was Timothée Chalamet. Like he I think he's somebody that's not super yes. recognizable, but he's got the he's got the uh, definitely the acting skills and and you buy you buy into his his character and you buy you 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 basically fall in love with him right away. Um and you care about him a lot right away. Uh, so I think he is a great choice and is probably irreplaceable, and I think is great for a long uh, investment of of mm-hmm. of this of this film series. Um, one person that I absolutely love, I don't think after seeing the film, I don't think I would have chosen anyone else is Stellan Skarsgård. Um, mm-hmm. I think that his character is, and what's tough about that is he's he's getting up there in his age, um, and so. Uh, I believe in the books he he has a, a pretty um, long term arc. arc yeah so uh, you know and then of course you have his nephew um, played by uh, Dave Bautista Dave Bautista um, but I really don't know how they replace him because one thing and you guys know what's so epic about um, Skarsgård is his his voice. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's, right. that's what you that's how you identify who he is you don't you don't have to see his face ever and you know who it is um and he just he just well, has this eeriness this creepiness about him um that i think it's really hard to capture anybody else so so we'll see how that how you know if this is a long lasting series 
he's kind of like the Darth Vader of the series, you know. So how is right. yeah. how is he gonna if he passes on? Um, hopefully, it's not for a long time. You know, I know CGI and yeah, we have voice mod you know voice modification tools and all that kind of stuff, but. Uh, yeah, I said 20 years, and maybe because I'm not familiar with the Dune universe, right? Um, it might be that there's introduction of, you know, many, many more, you know, dozens or, you know, tens of dozens or whatever of characters that are not even in this first film, right? Um, yeah. And it could just kind of expand and expand. Um, he is very um reminiscent of captain kurtz from um the um oh apocalypse now film i don't know if either of you have seen apocalypse now but mm, i have not not so not marlon brando yeah marlon yeah. brando is plays the character of captain kurtz and there's a there's definitely a nod here i think from by villeneuve uh with the way he presents Stellan Skarsgård, or um, I'm going to butcher the name, but Baron Vladimir Harkonnen, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So he's, uh, the way he introduces him, that very first scene where he's uh, in some kind of a shower or steam bath or something, yes. you know, and um, that's really reminiscent of the very first scene where we see Captain Kurtz, uh, Marlon Brando's character in Apocalypse Now, but... Um, but anyway, the, yeah, I, I thought he was great. He's kind of grotesque, almost unrecognizable mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. role. Um, but definitely just uh, like sort of exudes, like almost as sweating evil, mm-hmm. <laughs> like in every scene. Like seems like yeah. his, his seems like his body's almost like damp with evil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but, yeah, go ahead, any other For... standouts? Yeah, for me, I would agree with John, like Timothee Chalamet, like that is a perfect, a perfect character because he isn't, he is, he, he's more noticeable now. I think his movie that really kind of put him to fame was Call Me By Your Name, um, where everybody was like, oh my gosh, he's like an up and coming. And then he did Lady Bird um, with Saoirse Ronan. And then he also did Little Women. And so those were kind of his pivotal movies. So I think this is going to be one where he was like the perfect character for it. Um, For me, what? I was going to say he reminds me a bit of like a young, um, oh, now the mind, uh, my, um, oh, Edward Scissorhands. Um, oh, Johnny Depp. Oh. Johnny Depp, like a young <laughs> yes. Johnny Depp. So, yeah. well, he is. He's actually going to be in the new, like the, re- the reboot. I don't know if it's a remake or what, but it's of Wonka. So oh, he's so going right. to be that's Willy right. Wonka. Another funny thing is he's in a. I think it's like a Lincoln commercial or a Cadillac commercial, where he where he is Edward Scissorhands. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yes. it's, it was something about his hair. And also the way that he, I think his um, sort of like um, dour I think it's mannerism, yeah, sort of like in inward sort of dour um, expression. Like he feels like it feels like he's not quite sure about the world. Like he's yeah. uh, a little disappointed by uh, how everything's going. 
<laughs> yes. Um, my second, my second. Now, I do love Zendaya. I think that she's been in a lot of great movies. She's in a phenomenal actress. But mine is going to go for Rebecca Ferguson because she really, I mean, I, the only thing that I really can pinpoint her is in The Greatest Showman. And then she was in one of the Mission Impossibles, and I think more, but I think she was in, like, Mission Impossible, like, five or six or seven or whichever one it is. Um, But I think she did super, super well. Like, that role, I don't know. I feel like with the role of, was it Shawnee or that Zendaya, like, Zendaya's role, Mm -hmm. I feel like you could have gotten really anyone. Mm -hmm. Um. But with the role of Lady Jessica, like, she really brought that to, like, that whole character, that whole role, I feel could not be, I can't put someone else in that role, if that makes sense. Like, when I think about that role, nobody else kind of comes to mind that I could see doing that role. But with some of the other characters, like the role that Zendaya was in, I can give you 10 people that I think could do that role and do it just as well as what she did and maybe well, that's because it was only a it was few minutes that she short. was in it yeah i don't know plus and yeah, i also I, love javier bardem so bardem so i love him yes i, I do too and I'm, I'm excited to maybe see more of him in the next yes. uh installment um as well as zendaya because i don't know zendaya as an actress i don't i mean i knew who she was but i don't know that i've ever seen her in anything no. so i can't Spider-Man? really huh oh yeah spider-man nope i haven't seen it you've no. not seen spider-man homecoming nope. or far from home nope with tom holland <laughs> no Casey i have never seen, you not seen that i'm just kidding i'm not <laughs> <laughs> have you not seen euphoria nope Oh I gosh, haven't seen Aaron. any. I have not seen any standalone Spider-Man films uh, with Tom Holland. I have seen him in the Avenger films. He was in the greatest. She was in the Greatest Showman. Zendaya. Yeah, she's yeah. the girl. She's, she's the counterpart to uh, Anne to Zac Efron to Zac really? Efron. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't. Re- I have seen that. I don't remember her very like as a standout i don't know who are you <laughs> not a zendaya fan um how have you not seen the spider no, man movies okay so back to all right we've not seen apocalypse now he doesn't know who zendaya is so there's yeah we're, we're so even, let's just we're lay even. it all on the table. potatoes <laughs> okay oh so okay all this to going. say like i said i'm don't not a zendaya fan now. okay okay let me let me let me finish <laughs> zendaya uh is uh i think perfect in this now, she's very she's she's in it very briefly, right? Yes, very very. And um, that is surprising because in all of the advertising, she's sort of you know one of the faces and voices that you hear in a lot of the voiceover mm-hmm. for the the trailer. Um, here's what I'll say about because I don't uh, like I said I don't remember her from Greatest Showman. I've seen photos of her. I think she's a pretty young lady. Um, but there's something about her and the way she's presented in this film okay. that I think really captures something. I don't think she has a kind of beauty that feels um, like cover model, if that makes sense. She she looks like someone that you would uh, that she looks real. And maybe that's because of the way they've done makeup. I don't know. But she has a beauty about her in this film that doesn't feel Hollywood to me. And okay. I don't know if I'm making any sense with that, but it, 
it feels like someone that you would encounter in real life and that you would be drawn to because of their beauty, but not in a polished kind of way. Um, and so I don't know how her acting is really, cause she doesn't even have much of a chance to act in this film. Yeah. Um, she's just sort of a presence that we see. And, um, but I, I, the way she, her presence just visually in this film, I thought was perfect. She, so, you know, I, would, I think that's one of the reasons okay. she was defend her as a strong part of this film, even though she is a very small part of it in the first one. So far, yeah. right? I think that's a lot of the reasons she was she was selected for the Marvel film. I mean, for the Spider-Man series, is because she kind of has that girl next door, um, yeah, feeling to her. You know, she's nothing um, extravagant. Uh, she does just have a natural beauty to her, but um, but also in Spider-Man, she's she's also just kind of there. She doesn't have a lot of opportunity to act. Um, so, I mean, Rory, you might you correct me on this, but I feel like she, her role is, is really more of a, it's, it's on the edge of supportive role. What, um, what yeah, she... I would, I would agree with that. I mean, I feel like that's kind of, that's kind of, even in the greatest showman, she was kind of a supporting role. The only role that I, Phil was her big breakaway, not going back to Disney or anything like that, would be the series on HBO Max Euphoria. That would be the only one where like it really hones in where she is the main the main role. Yeah. So yeah, I'd agree with you, John. I hundred percent agree with you on that. Um yeah, so let the, me just say I can't stand Jason Momoa without a beard. He looks weird. <laughs> I was going to say that, but I thought you'd be offended. I was going to no, say he I, looks weird without a beard. No, he needs that beard back. That was icky. <laughs> I I loved every I loved all. I thought, you know, I thought everyone did great um in the roles. Yes. Um Josh Brolin was fantastic. The doctor, love her. Yeah. yeah. I I thought I was really pleased. I mean, I I would say I was skeptical going in. I was like so many stars. Sometimes when you just get that many stars in a film, it's just like every time you cut to a new scene, you're kind of like, oh, yeah. yeah. And there's just familiar face after familiar face. And um, sometimes I like, like I, I mentioned, I like to kind of sink into a universe and not have a bunch of recognizable faces. But it, it worked totally fine here. And so I was I was happy with all the performances. Definitely excited to see what Javier Bardem, because I think he's. Um, he's so good, um, and I hope that he plays a really large role in the second mm-hmm. Dune that yeah. we will see in so two years. you asked John and I, so now I'm going to ask you, would you pay to see this in a movie theater? Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay. Yeah. This is, uh, I was excited by this whole thing. I, I, I think it leaves you feeling unsatisfied because yeah. it is a first installment and it's really just building universe and building character. Right. Yeah. And so I left going, it doesn't have that same feeling as a film where you're just like, Oh, it all wraps up perfectly at the end. And I feel, you know, uh, what a great, uh, what a great picture, right? Like this is a first taste of something and you're like, Oh man, I really, I can't wait for the next. Um, and I wonder too, you know, there's a lot of films like Star Wars, like the original Godfather, where the sequel was actually even better, right? Where the next installment was was even better than 
the first. And I, I wonder, because I feel like because we saw everything set up so well in this first one, I just think the payoff is really going to come in the second. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Okay, uh, so rating on a scale can, of before 1 we to rate 10. It, can I, can I say okay, one yes, thing? Yes. Um, because okay. we have not mentioned it, and I want to bring it up because I was just floored every time I saw it, and it's now my favorite, like, if any kind of, like, futuristic science fiction space-themed film of all time, the the little uh, dragonfly spaceships. The dragonfly jets. Jets. The dragonfly oh, my like God. The coolest yeah. thing yes. ever. And I was like, man. Yeah, whoever, that was very cool. Yeah, I don't, I don't know cool. if it's a description. You know, maybe they're in the it's in the book and it's described that way. But I was like, man, the, the way they film, I mean – the wings, how they set up. And, it's very cool. Yeah, it was amazing. So anyway, I just wanted to put I that I also think we... the worms were terrifying. The oh, worms, yeah. The sandworms the... are terrifying. Absolutely yes, terrifying. And they the first, really were. The first scene where that really becomes a threat, and I won't give too much away because I, I think I don't want to ruin that moment, but the scene where that, uh, you know, we, we kind of are introduced to the idea of the sandworms and... I'm not spoiling anything by introducing, you know, talking about those because that's just everyone knows that about Dune. But the the scene where um, they're they're at risk for the first time of the sandworms that is intense mm-hmm. and it's done so well and they're really truly terrifying. So yeah. I, I love yeah. the sandworms. They the sandworms. I think they were yeah. maybe the best the best performance in the whole thing. Yeah. Sandworms. I mean, I the honestly Oscar goes to the sandworms. <laughs> I honestly feel like. There wasn't one moment, and, and I think this is why I want to see it so bad on a big screen. Um, and if I don't know if it's an IMAX or if it's just regular, it doesn't matter. But just the visual effects of this movie, it had so much of Blade Runner 2049 to it, but then it also had, it. it, it just really was captivating. Like, I, there wasn't a moment that I didn't think, oh my gosh, this is, this is so, even though it's kind of like a dystopian, nobody can survive type of thing, uh, uh, planet, there it is, it was just so <laughs> beautiful, and I kind of, I just wanted to put myself in the movie and live there, because... <laughs> There wasn't one point whenever I thought, oh, man, this is they could have done better. It just was so aesthetically pleasing. Yes, it was. I don't want to live there, though. I don't want to be a spice. Yeah. Harvester. Yeah. The spice is pretty much (laughs) the only reason by sandworms. No, no. Well, but, we better wrap up with our okay, ratings. Okay, so ratings. Yep, let's rate it. John, you are our guest, so you oh. get to go first. Man, is this a – I forget. Do you One guys do 10? 10. It's 10. Okay, up to 10. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I think just from the whole magic of the experience, and this is without being in theaters. This is literally me watching it on my cell phone from like two feet away laying on my couch. <laughs> Um, (laughs) (laughs) but it's better than it's better like projector screen but not a great picture my phone has the bex picture Uh, i had my earbuds in. it was actually a great experience um uh i I say two feet away it's probably like a foot away from my face but uh but i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it a 9.5 the only reason i give it a takeaway five there's one actor in it that i thought they could have done better better with but um I really don't like him. Uh, it's I have no idea how to pronounce his name, but he played like the the kind of like the steward of the Baron. 
Um, the actors David Dast Malchian. Um, yeah, Dasmalian, Malchian, whatever. Uh, I just didn't feel like he, yeah. like I felt like he was like a friend of the director or something. I don't know. He, <laughs> he, he just. Uh, um, he he was in Prisoners. Was he in Prisoners? Also, bit, so as a psychotic, yeah, a as a psychotic, and maybe that's why they got him. But I just, you know, I'm not gonna go too much. You guys got to go into. It, but he, yeah, I, I know <laughs> yeah. him from the reboot series of MacGyver. It was just really cheesy. Yeah. So that's why I was like, when I knew Solo was him, I was like, really? But anyway, but it would be perfect though if it was somebody else. <laughs> so that one guy really one guy, just yeah. he took off five point five. Just points. did it for yeah. you. And okay. David, if you're All listening, right, if you're listening, then I'm. I, I, you're a much better actor than me. I'll just say that. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it. I just have to give it a 10. I know it's not perfect. I can't say it's perfect. Um, You're giving it a perfect score? But, well, the reason I'm giving it a perfect score is just because I I think what John said is totally right. This was not in a movie theater, Mm. right? This was sitting on my couch at home, um, and it still made my heart beat faster, Like, Mm. and I feel felt, felt totally pulled into it. The way okay. that I would in a movie theater, and so for a film to do that, that's something special, you know. So I don't care if there's, I, I could probably find things to nitpick about, um, but overall, I I really loved it, and I can't wait for the next one. And I like even Hans Zimmer's soundtrack. I thought it was really, uh, mm-hmm. it's his stuff is always kind of over <clears throat> the top. It's very dominating in a film, but it worked here because of the intensity yeah. of. Of the story, I so. yeah. actually I was. I saw there was a bit. Oh, go ahead, John. You oh, I'm sorry about that. Something. Yeah, I was. It was reminiscent to me no, of like the don't. very first time I saw um, Planet of the Apes. I, I and this this might seem really weird, but the original Planet of the Apes, um, just the right. intense, yeah, the intense beats and the the soundtrack that went with it when they're facing those intense moments. Um, yeah, and it just just when they're having the the cameras hovering over the the uh, the fortress there on the planet. Um, and right. just when they first introduced that and the music that was playing during that, I was like, man, this is really, yeah, it really hit, hit, hit me. So, yeah, I actually, whenever I was looking up on IMDB, it said that Hans Zimmer is such a fan of the no- novels that he turned down roles so he could compose this movie. And one of the, one of the roles that, it was Christopher Nolan's movie Tenet that he turned down to compose the soundtrack for because he wanted to work on this movie. So uh, if go. that's saying anything right there, that's saying a whole heck of a lot. Anyways. Um, well, your rating. My Roy, rating. Did you give your, did you give your rating? No, here it is. Okay. My rating as I watched it in on my couch, actually I may have watched it in bed. I don't know. It was one, one or the other. Um, nowhere near, big screen or anything like that but i'm gonna give it a 9.8 <laughs> you really like the you really like to like just leave a couple couple yeah i gotta i mean once little, i see it not even full um, points but just like a portion yeah. of a point on the board. a portion of a point like once i see it on the big screen it'll obviously it'll change but no i'm gonna give it a 9.8 because there were little things I think for me, it wasn't drastic enough to drop it down to a nine um, or any lower, but it was the little things where it just kind of left with 
like right at like it just left it made me kind of angry that it ended yeah. where it ended so <laughs> but that's a like, good thing though that's a good but thing that no means that because like, not when you have to wait two years for the so, next to not be angry i'm not going to be angry in two years so, i'm going to be like oh yeah this made me angry here are my thoughts on that so and i i almost pushed it to a 10 once i heard aaron's review because it, i was literally heartbroken when it ended <laughs> and that's a sign of a great movie yeah. the last time i had that feeling is the first was fellowship of the ring with lord of the rings when it ended yeah and, and i yeah. i'd had that moment of like oh my gosh i want to know what happens and i'm, I'm like heartbroken because yeah. i know i have to wait i didn't know then like one to two years you know before the next film came out and um yeah i felt i had that exact same emotion of just being just heartbreak because i didn't get to finish the story um yeah so yeah Yep, I would I would agree with that. Well, John, it has been an absolute pressure. It has been an absolute. <laughs> it has been an absolute. Shut up! Leave me are your are your cheek walls okay, yeah. Roy? Oh my god! <laughs> it has been an absolute pleasure you joining us, and hopefully there will be another um, show or movie later on down the road that you will want to partake and dive into with us. As always, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for taking the time out of your day, your commute to listen to us three siblings this episode. Stay safe out there. COVID is still alive and kicking. Make sure you wash your hands, take care of yourselves, and thank you for listening to I'm Trying to Like It. Bye.